In my middle school youth, I destroyed an Atari 800 computer by accidentally dumping a bowl of Calchocula cereal atop its keyboard. For those 50 or so and younger, back then, most computers had keyboards attached to the computer bit. And like many others, the computer bit on the Atari 800 was large enough to serve as a shelf, just one upon which I should not have perched my cereal bowl. Moral of the story, tread carefully with technology as it can be fragile. Even more importantly, investments in technology can be worth zero in an instant. By the time I began my career as an investment professional, that admonition had taken on a different flavor. See, during the few years prior to my becoming a professional portfolio manager, I was a technology sector-focused journalist, first at a weekly called The Industry Standard, followed by a stint at the monthly Red Herring. Both publications ceased operations shortly after my tenures. The two companies, in their own ways, but for broadly common reasons, were casualties of the defining market context of that time, the dot-com bubble of the late 1990s and early 2000s. I often point to those years as a journalist for the range of lessons they taught me. I learned to focus on the graphic representation of data as both a premise for a narrative and a means to convey a narrative. Readers of my monthly commentaries will see the expressions of that experience on a regular basis. More profoundly and more relevant to the work I do now as the Chief Investment Officer at SRCM, I learned keenly, emphatically, perhaps even a bit frustratingly, that valuation matters. The keenly bit came about as I spend more time studying the business models of a range of technology companies, public and private, comparing both what they thought were their potential markets and their potential shares within those markets to the valuations being ascribed to their businesses. I found the work terribly interesting, so that's not where the frustrating part came in. As the bubble grew, though, the models became more esoteric, their projections more grandiose, investor expectations more extreme. Part of my role was covering companies that were about to go public and analyzing broader trends in initial public offerings. I recall near to the end of the mad rush to cash in on the dot-com boom, thinking out loud, often during TV spots actually, that the scene was a mad one, that much of the goings-on was nuts, and that a period of more rational thought was sure to arrive. And that's where the emphatic bit came in. It all stopped so suddenly. The tide began to go out in early 2000 as companies that had been burning through early-stage cash found waning interest and growing skepticism among investors. And publicly traded companies were finding it tougher and tougher to meet growth targets, in part on account of the lack of fresh cash among privately funded customers. Meantime, receding waters revealed just how vulnerable, to reality among all things, were so many companies' business models and balance sheets. Speaking of the harshness of reality, the WorldCom and Enron disasters notably also came to pass in the earlier part of the year 2000, further emphasizing the importance of diligence in investing. As that year and the next dragged on, there were a few smaller waves of interest in narrower technology segments, such as optical networking, but for the most part, private and public investors ceased to fund grandiose expectations for internet and communications-related technologies. Mega-cap tech names became a lot less mega, and technology stocks in general saw their aggregate exposures within the major indexes wane. The upshot is that the exuberant episode reinforced for many the fundamental tenet that valuation plays a critical role in the determination of long-term investment outcomes. That, despite the myriad ways folks will attempt to spin the future as so very likely to be different than the past, it's just not ever been true that valuations don't matter, if not in the here and now, then eventually. And that brings us to, well, the here and now. As I wrote in this month's commentary, a new technological dawn is upon us, one that will see the world radically changed. 
That radical change has sparked a pretty radical shift in the valuations of some of the participating companies as investors rush to gain a financial foothold at the forefront of the revolution. I'm speaking of artificial intelligence, of course, or AI as it's now best known. AI is a concept that conventionally hypothesizes the ability of a computerized system minimally to approximate human thought processes in the near term, but perhaps eventually even exceed the mental capabilities of a human. Despite the hype, we're yet far from even that approximation being a reality. I'm sure AI folks will cringe at this note, but right now, best we can muster is a Q&A session in which the machines provide the A after we've shoved it full of everything we already know, and it resolves patterns amidst all that information from which it finds what it believes to be an optimal answer to the Q we asked it. For sure, even in this form, AI technologies are groundbreaking and transformational, even though the basic concepts and applications being utilized, conventionally bucketed as machine learning, reflect a natural extension of the primary reason that we have ever utilized a computer. They generally are better at humans at synthesizing vast amounts of information for practical purposes. This version of AI just takes out the requirement that we provide the computer a framework for and otherwise manage that synthesis. Still, I'm fascinated with the implications of growing utilization of machine-based automation as we further progress down the path toward human-like computers. Just as I, even today, remain fascinated with the ongoing evolution of what once were simply referred to as dot-com technologies as they continue their deeper infiltration into our working and social lives. And in that context, we've seen a broad swath of the investable universe of companies utilize internet and communications-based technologies that had their genesis at the turn of the millennium to expand productivity, grow existing businesses, and develop new ones. And it's from this now decades-old expansion in the utilization of these ever-evolving technologies from which we know we've benefited across our investment portfolios. The same we expect will be said of AI many decades hence. As we suggest in the commentary, the mad rush isn't over, but it seems quite the risk now to jump into the names at the forefront of AI technologies. Nonetheless, we don't think it's too early to believe that many of the companies in which we may already be invested will eventually benefit from AI tech, and that a patient discipline that acknowledges the time it may take for portfolio companies to unlock that value is likely to see better long-term outcomes as a result. Importantly, this podcast is not presented as an investment recommendation. This is not a solicitation to invest in any investment product of Signature Resources Capital Management. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. The approach described may not be right for everyone. No one listening to this podcast should take our comments as advice specific to or appropriate for their individual situations. Individual circumstances should be taken into consideration when determining a suitable investment approach. All investing carries risk, including the potential loss of principal. As with any analysis of economic and market data, it is important to remember that past performance is no guarantee of future results. <laughs>